Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sometimes, I don't know, when God's working stuff in your life and um, He wants you to share it. So, <laughs> I didn't know till last night. So we changed all the praise, and you know, <laughs> that's, you, you don't know sometimes. You just don't know. <laughs> but last week or, or the week before, I was in prayer over something, and uh, the Lord spoke, and He said, "My grace is sufficient." And um, you know that's. It's a revelation to know that His grace is sufficient. Because we hear that word. I heard that word. I've heard that word all my life. So we want to look at grace this morning. I want to look at what, what is grace. He says His grace is sufficient. Paul was going through horrible, horrible struggle. Horrible adversities. Horrible tribulation and circumstances. And God told him, my grace is sufficient. So what does that mean? <laughs> what, what does that mean? I mean, he says, the verses in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. I'll read it out of the King James. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So this first part is red letter. Jesus is speaking to him. My grace is sufficient for you, Paul. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So, um, so many times the world tells us that we have to be strong. That's what we're taught growing up. We're taught, you know, we've got to be strong. We've got to make our own way. We've got to do all these things. And you just press through and you don't quit. And if you do, you'll make it. Well, let me tell you, that is, that's a lie. <laughs> that's, that's the enemy's way. And his, his plan for us is to destroy us. So if that's the way I operate, which it was, that's the way I've always operated, doing things in my own, because you just think you can, you know, or I didn't have a revelation of what grace is. I mean, I got saved. I, I knew for by grace we're saved, but I didn't know that grace is also an ability Grace is an anointing. Grace is a power. When we get saved, the grace of God comes upon us. He didn't just save us so we can then start living by the flesh again. 
He saved us so we can start living according to the Spirit. The Spirit gives us the ability to live the Christian life. The ability in the midst of my circumstance to call on the name of Jesus and not do it myself. That's what grace is. It is an ability. So every task that God gives us comes with the grace to do it. Now, how many of y'all have God's ever asked to do something or be in a relationship you want out of or do something you don't want to do and and it's you're in that place where the surrender hadn't come yet and you're like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, he says, I have grace for you. I have grace but we have to surrender first. <laughs> we have to surrender. We have to get in his presence. What is that scripture? Hebrews 4:16, 15 and 16. Let's look there. We have to get in his presence. We have to praise and worship him. 15. And find out, I, I have to come to him. It's not automatic. I have to learn how to operate in the grace that God has given me. I have to come to him. He says, verse 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So that's talking about Jesus. He is touched with what we're going through. He knows already. He knows. He's already experienced it. He's already, anything that we face, he's already had to deal with. That's the whole purpose for the cross. We think in the midst of our struggles, because the enemy says, you're the only one, you know, that you, what you're having to go through is harder than anybody else has ever had to go through. All, we all got the same voice in our head. He, he, and he says the same things to everybody. The whole point of that is to separate us and cut us off from the body and make us think, poor me, <laughs> woe is me, you know. Instead of seeing the privilege that this is to have the grace of God available to us. So Jesus is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was in all points tempted like as we are. Do we believe that? We have to choose to if we want to operate in it. You know, he wasn't here but 33 years, the voice will say in my head. Surely he didn't go through this. <laughs> I haven't experienced that struggle in a long time, but I have heard that voice in the past. Surely this is, how could Jesus experience everything that every person has ever felt? Well, I don't know how he did it, but the word says that he did. So I choose to believe that. I choose to believe. He said he was tempted in all points. And the rest of that verse is, yet without sin. So it's a sin when I give in to that temptation to get angry instead of keeping my mouth shut and taking it to God. And <laughs> it just is, you know. I had to deal with that in my heart. I have had to deal with a whole lot of anger.
Because when you operate out of your own strength, that's the way you make things happen is sheer willpower. You know, sheer, I'm going to get this done no matter what. You just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep doing till the Lord says we can either fall on the rock or the rock's going to fall on us. And we know that the rock is Jesus. So that's my choice. If, you know, that's my choice. So I made it hard for myself. Just saying, I did. But but I've learned, I'm learning, I've learned a whole lot. I've learned how to come before the Lord and surrender. Because we do have to develop a trust. Hopefully it doesn't take a lot of circumstances, but sometimes it does. Over and over and over, you know, to learn to come to him and, and know that his word is truth. And know that he's going to be there. Know that he really will give me the ability no matter how difficult it feels or seems no matter the emotions that are stirred up and the impossibility of the circumstance none of that matters when we're talking about grace i don't matter my inabilities don't matter because grace covers all of that every every bit of it he says in verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What is his throne? He even, he even calls it the throne of grace. That's the throne of ability. <laughs> it's the throne of his ability. When I come before him, and cry out my circumstance to him. I tell him exactly how I feel, and I get all those emotions out of the way. I tell him I hate this one or that one, or I don't like this or that. It doesn't matter what it takes to get it out of me. Just do it. God can handle it. You know, I was scared to death to tell God I hated this or I hated that. Even him, you know, a lot of my judgments went directly to him. So I had to say I hated God. But, it, but if it's in our heart, it's just in there. And he can handle it. He says he desires truth in our inward parts in the book of Psalms. And only when I am willing to go where the truth is at can I even be healed. Can I even begin to see what, the, what I'm dealing with. Because what, what, somewhere... You know, I've, I've been messed up. Somewhere I don't see the truth. Somewhere I need to get delivered and let it go. And he... Yes, I have to be willing. I know if you've been raised in the church, and it doesn't take being raised in the church. People just, oh, we, we're, we learn to wear a mask. We just do. We, a lot of times it's out of self-preservation. We don't want people to know what's really going on in our heart. We don't want them to know our struggles. One time I opened up to someone at a church, and this has been 30 years ago, but I'm thinking I was going to get some help. And the only help for me they had was go home and read Psalm something, I don't know, 23, that wasn't it, but go home and read this Psalm a line at a time and think about it you know and I'm like 
really? I just poured my heart out to you. Told you hidden things in my heart, you know. And um, he didn't, they didn't have any help for me. There was no help. But that is the anointing on this ministry through Apostle Eileen and Apostle Angie that he has given us the anointing to go to the root of the problem. And so when we're willing to deal with the truth, sometimes we really don't even know what it is because a root is hidden. It's in the ground. All we see is the fruit, like the fruit on a tree. That's all we see in our lives. But when we see something or we experience something and it happens to us over and over and over again, we can know that there's a root in there. There's a root in there somewhere. And Holy Spirit will show us he will show us exactly what happened. And so we don't have to be afraid to get real with God. We don't have to wear masks. We don't wear masks here. I learned how to quit wearing a mask. <laughs> Dr. Cirillo taught us, take the mask off. Get real. You know, if I don't have any power in my life, I just don't have any. If I don't know how to overcome, I just don't know how. But if I'm never going to know how, if I'm not willing to say that, I'm not willing to start crying out to God and coming to his throne of grace and knowing that when I do, he's going to give me that ability. He, he has gifts that he's given to us, gifts. And they're for his kingdom. Every one of us has a call. Every single one of us have a place in his kingdom with a with a. A gift that he's given us and a job that he has for us to do and all of it comes about by his grace when we look at what God's given us to do and it overwhelms us or we think I can't I can't I can't or I don't want to I don't want to um, it's all by grace that gift comes with the enablement with with the power with the grace to to do that job that's just the way God operates he's not a hard taskmaster he's just not he's a loving heavenly father it says in Psalms 145 and 8 the Lord is gracious and compassionate there's that word grace again he's gracious that means someone who's gracious is like they're a really good host and they tend to you and they take care of you and, and they make sure you have food to eat and you know if you open your home to someone you're going to make sure you take care of them you're going to feed them and you prepare a bed for them and that's a word that's used to describe God grace he's gracious and compassionate and merciful he knows that we're nothing but a blade of grass like the psalm says you know we're, we're nothing compared to him we are his creation his handiwork he doesn't expect us to do anything without his ability he doesn't expect me to serve him without giving me the ability to do so he just he just doesn't and um he says this is this is out of the dictionary some of the words that mean grace it's, it's marked by kindness and courtesy. It's merciful, compassionate, pleasant, kind, and polite. 
disposed to bestow favors. So don't that make you want to go before the throne of God if he is disposed to bestow a favor upon me? <laughs> it does me. And I used to be scared of him. You know, I thought he was a hard taskmaster. You know, I, I did. But he's not. He's not. All he wants is for us to come to him, to learn him, to spend time to relate with him, to be in a relationship with him. And he gives us everything else we need. The whole purpose of us being a Christian and staying here is to advance his kingdom. So that when someone comes up to me, if I'm connected to the vine, that meaning I've spent time with the Lord that day, I have something to give them. It's not just about me getting my need met. It's about me drawing from him who is the source of all life, the only life, the only way, truth, and the life. <laughs> It's all about him. So when I come up to someone and he says, uh, you see them struggling or something, and just offer a helping hand. It doesn't matter what we feel. Every bit of that comes from him because his love has been shed abroad in our hearts at salvation. That's what it says. That ability is already in us to do whatever God puts in my heart to do. We just have to come to him in prayer and let him give us instruction. Let him tell us and believe him and take that anointing and begin to share it with someone else. What is he to us? says he's the living water. He is fresh bread. He's manna from heaven. He is everything that I need. Well, that's what we can turn and be to someone else. And the reason is because of grace. Because it's not about me. It's about his anointing. It's about his power. It's about who he is. That he's kind. He's gracious. He's compassionate. This says he manifests love. That's what another meaning of being gracious. Bestows mercy. Disposed to show kindness or favor. That's just one word of who God is that he's gracious. <laughs> so he says, come boldly to my throne. Come boldly. Don't struggle. Don't live in the struggle of your circumstances. Don't live in defeat. Don't live without me using your life. Don't just stay bound in all your thoughts and your feelings and emotions. He has so much more for us than that. He has... So much more. Any lack that we feel in ourself is covered by God's grace. It doesn't matter what it is. One of the, um, this was the Passion Bible. I'm going to look at that real quick. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is where Paul was. Well, I read it a while ago in the, in the King James. 
But he answered me and said, My grace is more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ in me. So I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but I'm delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with trouble on every side and I face persecution, because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. And he says, um, this is in the, in the verse when it says, Christ living in me, it says, that word actually means the power of Christ rests upon me like a tent or a tabernacle, which provides me shelter. <laughs> That's grace. Completely clothed in the ability of God when I don't think I can do it. You know, when something is being, something hard is being asked of me. And I, I just, I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make this, God. I, I just can't. I just can't do this. I cannot. I can't. I can't do it anymore, God. I just can't. And he said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. <laughs> That's what he says. He doesn't say, I'm going to take your circumstance away. He might, but he doesn't, you know, we don't know. Because the whole point of our circumstances is for us to learn how to depend on him and his strength and his ability. I mean, okay, this is the other scripture. First Peter two eighteen. This is uh this is talking about some hard things, but because the world is like uh you have a right to your happiness. You have a right to uh for things to go your way. Well that's not the truth. I'm sorry. <laughs> The world does that, but everybody quarrels and bickers, and I promise you nobody is happy. They never get to the end of that rainbow. They never find that pot of gold that's striving for our own happiness promises. It just doesn't happen because that's not real. It's not real. That is the enemy's counterfeit, and it will only bring destruction. That's what the Word says. It will only bring destruction. The truth is, when I learn to connect to God and depend on Him, I have peace in the midst of my circumstances. And then He gives me instructions, and He gives me His wisdom and His, lead, His guidance, and He leads me out. That's the only way. Jesus is the only way. The only way. So nothing else is going to work. The pastor had, did you preach that word yet? <laughs> There's no life outside of Jesus. Last Sunday. 
There is no life outside of Jesus, no matter how hard we try. No matter. So in the midst of a struggle when my boss is mean to me and putting stuff on me that I don't think I deserve or have to do, you know, that kind of circumstance, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Am I going to fight and try to make my way and say, well, I have rights. Well, the truth is no, I don't. I signed up for that job, so I have to do what my head says. I have to submit to my authority. Well, okay. <laughs> he, what, if, what if their authority is not good? Well, let's read this scripture. First Peter 2. I don't, I'm going to start in 18. Those who are servants, and that's every one of us, submit to the authority of those who are your masters, not only to those who are kind and gentle, but even to those who are hard and difficult. You will find God's favor. This is the passion. You will find God's favor by deciding to please God even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. For what merit is it to endure mistreatment for wrongdoing? If you are mistreated when you do what is right and you faithfully endure it, endure it, this is commendable before God. In fact, you were called to live this way because Christ also suffered in your place, leaving you an example to follow he never sinned, and he never spoke deceitfully. When he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God, who judges righteously. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. And our instant healing flowed from his wounding, and you were like sheep that continually wandered away, but now you have returned to the true shepherd of your lives, the kind guardian who lovingly watches over your souls. So, so we don't have rights we, as Christians. <laughs> we just don't. We have to lay those rights down. And Jesus said, what good does it do to, to serve a master who's good and kind all the time? That doesn't prove anything. But are you willing to lay your life down when you're being mistreated? Are you willing to love them and be obedient to whatever they're asking of you when you feel like they're in the wrong? That's, that's where grace comes in. That's where the grace of God comes in and takes over. When I, if I get my feelings hurt or I get mad about something, I go home. I don't open my mouth to my authority. I go home and I cried out to God and he gives me the grace to go through that. That's just what he says. Now out of that, we get, um, we get, well, we're dying to our flesh. That's what the whole Christian walk is about. Me 
me dying to my flesh so that Jesus can live in me. It's, you know, we, he comes in at salvation, but that process is day by day. That is a process, day by day, dying to my flesh instead of giving into my emotions and me being right all the time, me protecting myself and trying to let my life uh, live because that's what it is. I'm, I'm living my flesh. I'm letting my flesh live every time I lash out, every time I, you know, that's me staying alive. Y'all remember that song? Staying alive. <laughs> well, I'll just add this part, and then I'll be finished. When growing up, um, I saw God as a hard taskmaster. It usually comes from our authority figures, how we were raised or how we were treated, and um, we formed judgments. And so, to me, God was a hard taskmaster. And... Um, <clears throat> but when I heard about salvation, of course I wanted it. I wanted to. I wanted to be saved because I was miserable, hurting. You know, I received salvation. But I thought I was going to get to live. I thought He was saving me from all my circumstances, saving me from. You know, I thought I was going to get to live. <laughs> Well, I found out that he wanted me to die. He <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I was going to get to live. I'm confused. What What is the deal? And so um, it, this, is take, this has been years, I'm talking this process, of seeing the complete picture of what he was actually asking of me because in my heart, the reason I ran to God, I remember seeing this picture when I was, I don't know, not very old. We used to have those big pictures in Sunday school, the old prints, you know, and it was Jesus sitting under a tree with all these little children around him. I, I still have that in my mind. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be with that Jesus. <laughs> I wanted to be with him. You know, everything's perfect, and and he just loved me, loved me, loved me, and all that, you know, take me out of where I'm at because I'm not happy. And um, I thought that's what salvation was. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a process. Yes, we have that. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. More delightful than anything I'd ever hoped or dreamed for or known or... <laughs> But the process is, I have to die to my flesh. You know, that's just the way it is. But the sweetness that comes from that, do you know how proud he is of us every time we lay our life down? I just try to imagine it. <laughs> that every time I choose him instead of myself, <laughs> when you feel like you're being mistreated or just anything. Just, life's just not going your way and he asks you to do something and it's like, oh, I'll do it for you, Lord. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's the power of the relationship that we can have with him. 
when we choose him, we choose Jesus. We're singing about him this morning. Beautiful Jesus, sweet Jesus. That The more I lay my life down, the more I die to my flesh, it's sweeter and sweeter as the days go by, like the hymn says. That's true. He gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And you know what? My flesh will just die. And then when it happens, it's like it, it doesn't hurt anymore. Or if it does, maybe just a little bit. It gets better. That's what I'm trying to say. If I'll just choose to start not giving in to my flesh, not getting angry, not getting upset, not feeling having a pity party, but going to him and saying, okay, God, how do you want me to handle this and let him tell me, keep my mouth shut most of the time is what it's going to be. I'm just saying he don't, he don't, he's not going to let us defend ourselves. He's my defense. He is my defense always. And this said, this said, um, we trust our lives into the hands of a, I forgot what it said, judge, a good judge. That's not the word they used. But, but he's a righteous judge, that's what he is. A righteous judge. That means I can trust him not to be mean. I can trust him not to be unfair. I can trust him to be righteous because that's who he is. There is no, there's no turning in him. There's no shadow of turning in him. That's what it means that God is holy. Holy. Someone who's holy, they are who they say they are. Everything the Word says about God, it's true. <laughs> he really is that way. He's not going to shortchange me. He's not going to withhold from me. He's not going to trick me. He's not going to... Because I felt tricked, actually. And it was a judgment. When I got saved and found out, I thought, yay, I get to be happy. I finally get to be happy. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> but uh, uh, he showed me that. So he shows us those things, and they break. The power of prayer is awesome. I don't have to stay in the yuckiness of my soul. I don't have to stay with all those judgments and all that all that hurt and that pain in my heart. I don't have to, I'm not that way anymore. And I was full of it. I was full of all of that kind of stuff. But day by day, year by year, you know, whenever it's his time, I don't, we don't focus on it. We focus on Jesus. We spend time with Jesus. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then he'll say, you know, what about this? And, you know, sometimes it's hard to see, sometimes whatever, but we let him deal with it. If we want him, if we want more of him, if I want to stay in communion with him, which is the most important, the most precious thing that we have, it is life to my flesh and health to my bones to stay connected to God then I'll let him deal with it and I'll ask him how to come out and he'll show us 
and we we don't have we'll never be the same again. <laughs> we can have the very life of God all the time. All the time. We can have the very presence and glory of God that's inside of us, see, will start being made manifest to the outside as I let him deal with the issues of my heart. And that's what we have to give away because he is a well of living water. Well, you know, gushes, gushes. That's more than for me. He is a river of life. He is the wells of salvation that don't run dry. There's a scripture about that, but I can't quote it right now. But that's who he is. He's not just enough that I get a little sip and then, you know, I got a whatever. He's, he has, a, there's enough of God on the inside of me for anyone I come in contact with. For anyone. And that's what he desires, that he, he let, that I let him satisfy my heart and then I can help someone else. So I can be that uh, conduit of his grace, of his mercy, of his love, of his healing power, of his anointing, of whatever it is they need. A hug. Most people just need a hug. <laughs> or a hello, you know. So the, the power of his grace is um, all we need. His grace is sufficient. It says in 1 Peter 1, 7, we are uh, the evidence of Jesus' victory. That's what we're supposed to be. We are, I'm supposed to be the evidence that Jesus is victorious. <laughs> that's, what he's, that's what he's called us to be. So, you have anything? I just want to uh, thank him this morning for the power of his grace because it's not a light thing. The first step is salvation, but then the ability. Let's remember it's an ability. It is an anointing. It is who God is and the way that Jesus walked and lived on this planet. That same anointing, that's what it is. The power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same for me and you. He walked this life so we can too. That's what he paid for. But the process is the same. I have to have to be willing to spend time with him, you know, not just go and do what I want to do. I want to walk in victory, so I'm I choose to come to the Lord. I choose to surrender to him. And when I do, his ability comes on me to to live this Christian life, to face persecution, to uh, keep me saved, to keep me. <laughs> Grace will keep us. You know, my willpower. I, I shared with someone the other day, and I gave them a word, and I said, um, they were telling me what they were going to do, and I, I just felt, you know, to tell them, Please, you know, be careful. Please don't stay away too long because, um, you know, when we get out of the presence of God, we lose our mind. I'm just saying. 
uh, that's literal. I'm not being facetious. That, that's the truth. I don't, to have the mind of Christ is to think right, is to be sane. And this world has, done, has gone crazy over, multi, you know, multiplied. So if I don't keep myself in the presence of God, I'll, I'll be wacko. I won't be able to think straight anymore. That's what it means, a great falling away, deception coming on the mind in the last days. That's what that means. People decide they're lovers of their own selves and pleasure, and so they do the, what they want to do. We quit bringing ourselves to subject to the anointing and the power of God, and when we do that, we are in danger. I'm just saying. Greater yet today than ever. Well, I, I gave that person a warning, and... You know, it, I don't know if they realize that's what it was or not, but I knew it was. Please, you know, don't stay away too long. Um, I don't remember what else I said to them, but they said, oh, I'm, I'm not. I know I'm grounded. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no, you're not, or I wouldn't have felt to say this to you. This is a warning. You're not grounded. See, that's deception to think we're something or somewhere that we're not instead of being honest and saying, God, I got to have you. I, I'm, you know, Deception deceives us. So we think we're somewhere with God that we're not. That's very, very dangerous because little bit by little bit, the enemy pulls us away. And then, you know, we can't come back if we wanted to because our mind is not right. We can't think. To think I can think <laughs> properly, that means I'm in control, and we are not. We are either in control of the enemy or God is controlling us. There is no middle ground. We think we are our own people. We are not. We are not. There's two masters, and we're going to serve one or the other. That's it. So, you know, I had to learn that early because I, I've always been a um, self-righteous person, which means I think I can do it myself and do what I think I need to do to uh, keep myself in God. Well, that's a lie. We can't keep ourselves in God. We'll, we'll get deceived. So... Anyway, that's what the person said, you know, and I'm like, Lord, help us, you know, <laughs> help us, because uh, he's the only one that can keep us. His, his power and his anointing is all that can keep us. So I want to I wanna offer you today, if, if you're struggling in an area and you just want that grace to come upon you, um, then I'm... I just feel like God wants me to release that to you today. If anybody needs that to, to stand, that strength to stand, that strength to uh, seek God, that ability to stand God, you know, instead of giving into our flesh, instead of going the way of uh, my will, doing what my will <laughs> wants to do. <laughs> Thank you again for tuning in with us.
If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.